0: Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. I faced it all and I stood tall and it my
1: way. Welcome once again to Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford Jr., the co host of this fine program, and I'm sitting with Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael.
2: I'm going to have to correct you, we're still doing things virtually, as, as many people can tell, we're having to do things by phone, so we're really not sitting down
1: together like we did at the radio station pre-pandemic, but nonetheless, I look forward to this. Uh, well, it's funny you would say that, because when I talk about that, I usually say in person, I usually say face-to-face, but even face-to-face doesn't work because of Zoom technology, so what I say usually is in person, but I guess it means I can't say I'm sitting with you if you're not in the same room with me. And that's misleading enough for the audience to for you to provide clarification, which I appreciate. So I am sitting with Michael Cohen on the telephone, and that's the the parenthetical (laughs) I'll throw in there that I failed to include, so my apologies for that. But um, we have another show we're gonna do over the phone until this virus clears up, and only God knows when that's going to be. Um, And hopefully the audience is getting as much or more out of these programs than they ever have. I sure am. And I love the fact that they're uh, every week, and they're very current, and they stay on top of the issues. And I think today's topic very much does that, Michael, based on what we discussed before the program. And that is the fact that um, not only do you and I have to have a talk, but parents and children and children and parents have to have a talk these days. And you have a bunch of tips for talking about estate planning.
2: Yeah, this is. I thought we'd call this eight tips for... Having a talk, if you're the either the child of an elderly parent or perhaps you're the parent and you want to talk with the child about your own estate planning, some things that need to probably be done to clarify that everybody's on the same page. Unless, you know, some people think that their plan is perfect and things like that, mm-hmm. but um, most people really, right, even the majority of Americans don't even have a will.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: but we're going to be talking more than just about wills gonna be talking about a lot of different things so I thought that we ought to talk about eight different tips about talking with your elderly parents or if you are the elderly parent maybe you ought to talk with your child you know a lot of times uh, we don't want to think about the emotional uh, possibility of death I remember um uh, oh my gosh probably shouldn't say this but I was talking with uh, I had some elderly parents with their uh, had their child or, or children with them. one of the children who was in his 60s. Uh, when I say children, it doesn't have to be like a minor. Uh, the, uh, we were saying, upon your death, do you want X or Y to happen? And after saying that a couple times, the son had tears in his eyes, and uh, he said, can you please not say like death when you talk about my parents? Uh, and he said, can you use a different term? And I said, well... Okay. When you kick the bucket, now I'm just kidding. Yeah. You, you say, I actually think yeah. That yeah. when they pass, but, but basically, you know, uh, a lot of people don't like to think about death. Yeah. And so maybe some people think that if I don't do a will, I won't die, uh, or if I don't do a trust, yeah. or whatever it may be. Uh, so, but unfortunately, uh, we all know that we're all mortal. And of course, with the pandemic, uh, even younger people are realizing that.
1: They're not uh, immune as well. Yeah, I appreciate that uh, because I think um, a while back you had brought up um, this topic, and I don't know what the eight tips are for today, and I look forward to them. But one of the first things, last things, and and the ultimate thing I left with from that program, and sorry if I'm um, um, tipping your hand in any way, but the thing that uh, I thought was most important based on how you educated us that day is what we're doing right now, and that is communication. I don't know if that's one of the eight, but my goodness, that's one of the biggest well, think, lacking factors.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think communication is, is, is important on anything you do in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't communicate, there's a lack of, uh, you know, some people might be suspicious of the other. Um, so I, I think um, the more that you communicate, usually the better the understanding, and so people aren't leaving it to... Their own beliefs as to what was going on. Right. Uh, you know, and so that's what, and so, so really the first tip would be that you should maybe as a family get together. You, mm. you, uh, uh, think about all the bad things to make a list of all the topics and questions. It may mm. be a private venue or it may be a Zoom meeting or depending on the family, uh, whatever they feel comfortable with. And of course, today, uh, or maybe Facetime. It, it could be any number of things. Of course, with the pandemic, uh, a lot of people can't see their family face to face. So, but that and that's all the more reason why you need to have a meeting uh, because it shows that there's a real risk out there, right. and maybe now more than ever, uh, the reality of mortality uh, is smacking us in the face. Yeah. So. Uh and but we have to be respectful. So if you're you know, maybe if you have an elderly parent that um, doesn't really want to talk about that because it's too emotional or yeah. you know maybe it's something they just don't want to think about. Maybe you say to your parent, um, well, I just did my own estate planning and maybe it's time to talk about yours just like mm-hmm. I did for mine. So it doesn't make it feel so uncomfortable. Of course right. if you're the parent, it doesn't mean that you're thinking about dying and just telling you, your family, that, you know, I love you. I want to make sure that uh, y'all are taken care of and make it as easy as possible for you. So it's not like that I'm thinking that I'm necessarily going to die or or become disabled because a lot Mm -hmm. of times we have to talk about not what just happens when you die, but also when you become disabled. So uh, the first step would be maybe... Uh, arranging where everybody uh, can get together. It's not that the kids have a decision to make, uh, necessarily. If you're the parents, your assets and your uh, whatever your decisions are should be what goes. But you might give some communication. Uh, a lot of times people don't want to say anything because it's, oh, I feel like I'm favoriting. They were mm-hmm. like giving a favoritism to one child. And um, there might be sibling rivalry. But you might explain why, oh, well, this child happens to be in town, so I'm going to name them the financial pow- agent under my financial power of attorney because they're right here. Or this person uh, is a in the medical field, or I feel like they're more in line to what we would decide to do if we could mm-hmm. make our own decisions, sure. Um, medical decisions. So you might tell why you feel that way, and maybe uh, there's a reason why you shouldn't do it that way, and at least you've had the discussion, like you said, to have communication so that maybe... Uh, it may be different than what you know, what you originally thought was best. Mm-hmm. But communication is important, so I would schedule and it. May not be just one conversation; it could be several uh, conversations. And people should be remembered to be respectful and supportive, whether they're the elderly or of their children, uh, because there's you know lots of different things that need to be discussed. And um, it's not just death; it's disability and We'll go over a few of those things uh, in just a second. Okay. So that's tip number one. Kind of like you say, plan what you can. Make a list of the topics and questions that you think that are important to you and the parents to discuss and chat about uh, before you even uh, start talking about them and then talk about them. Very good. The next thing I would say is number two I would say is who do we need to uh, have a list of to contact, uh, perhaps if you either become disabled or die. Um, so, for example, uh, your doctor uh, may need to know what your decisions are, or maybe what your thoughts are in case uh, your condition was uh, whatever I, I had um, it could be like on medical decisions. Some people, um, if you're out of it, that is. Uh, some people even give copies uh, of their medical power of attorney and their living will, their direct physicians. Uh, to, just like they have a HIPAA, the ability to have access to medical records, to their doctor to put it in their medical records mm-hmm. so the doctor could look it up at a later date uh, to see what your wishes might be. Uh, so um, so a doctor, uh, you might have a list. And, of course, as we get older, a lot of times we more than one doctor. Uh, there could be a, this type of doctor, whatever the specialty might be besides your uh, general or internist, general practitioner or, or an internist, so, uh, you might say, well, this one takes care of my whatever. And uh, so, and have that list of phone numbers and maybe even email addresses. Uh, this is more, even more important now, perhaps, than ever as well, because, you know, with during the pandemic, a lot of times, uh, if it's non essential, how do you how, sometimes it's difficult to get in to even see the doctors? I know right. that, that now you can do it. A lot of times they make it where. Oh, they might have you outside in your car, and they call you in one by one. Personally, uh, you know, I had, um, uh, but it could be that they make it even, you know, like it was at the beginning of the pandemic, where you don't even see the doctors unless it's an emergency situation. Right. So that becomes even more important now than it had been in the future, in the past, mm-hmm. to have that information. So um, uh, get that information on the doctors, their phone numbers and email addresses, um, Uh, as well as perhaps anything else that you might want to discuss with them. Uh, An attorney, you know, so if you had an attorney that uh, prepared your documents or has a copy of your documents or has the original of your documents, uh, we personally don't keep the originals. We usually give the clients the originals um, and tell them to keep their documents in a safe place, but we usually have a copy uh, that's in the clouds, as they say, Mm -hmm. um, that's secure, uh, but, you know, so a lot of times clients misplace their documents. They, you know, uh, oh, they did something 8, 10, 20 or more years ago, yeah. and they've misplaced it. So we have a copy of it and scanned it in, et cetera. Uh, so your attorney might be, need to be contacted. Okay. Uh, the finan- financial planners or accountants, uh, you might want to give that uh, to your loved one to know, uh, you know, maybe there are certain types of Um, assets and there's certain things are done a certain way and uh, could be there's some question about uh, maybe an annuity or something else or some stock or this or that or whatever the goals are that you have, maybe your family doesn't know what your plan is or if there was a particular financial plan uh, that you're just not aware of all the different things that uh, you may have planned but not have told your family Mm -hmm. and of course on the accountant side there could be other types of things that were being done from for tax planning purposes, so uh, maybe have a phone, phone number of the accountant as well. Besides the fact that they um, might be doing any kind of tax return after you die. Insurance brokers, so there's lots of different types of insurance. So uh, whoever sold insurance products to you, uh, you may want to give that uh, telephone number or some sort of, where you can contact those insurance brokers. It could be the ministers of religion. Uh, You know, it could be that you have certain desires upon uh, your passing. uh, Who to be the minister? Uh, There's different types of things that you could have. And, and of course, your close friends. Um, You might say close friends. Who should be contacted? Um, So those are just a few different ideas of who are key people who should be contacted. Um, Then, um, uh, also, uh, of course, you should address the topic of a will. Uh, or trust, um, you know. Um, you know where is it? First of all, where is that will? Is it right. a safe place? You know, um, who has the original? If you don't have the original, uh, it could be a problem. Uh, so, for example, let's say you had a will and you had children from a prior marriage, and um, the will said all to the surviving spouse, and the um, um, what ends up happening. As if you can't find the original, then you have to give notice of uh, the will, and hopefully there won't be a contest uh, to the children of the prior marriage.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Even though the will says all to you, but if you don't have the original, then it's almost presumed that uh, that, that the, whoever the laws of intestacy, in this case the children would split if you didn't have the original will, or at least mm-hmm. if they didn't agree. You have to give them notice and see if they have a, want to contest the will. So you need to know where that original will is and whether it's up-to-date. Uh, and, and, you know, of course, laws change all the time. And with the coronavirus, uh, we think that laws will change again. We don't know which laws they will be that will change, but we do think that they will change. We know we talked on earlier shows this year about how the tax law changed on retirement accounts, particularly for the children. So a lot of times we have to make changes. I think we talked uh, on a... Uh, week or two ago show uh, that we talked about how we had a situation where uh, somebody had a one disabled child and one who wasn't, and they wanted their IRA to be to stretch as long as possible. And as, as you may know, uh, as we've talked about on prior shows, the law changed this year where the child after spouse dies, let's say, that they have to take out their distributions within 11 years Mm -hmm. uh, unless unless their child was a minor uh, or if the child was disabled or chronically ill. And then then you could stretch. So like on their plan, uh, even though they had done a will uh, just a matter of a year or two ago, it needed to be changed because we decided that the retirement account should go to the disabled child so it could be stretched throughout their life expectancy since that Mm -hmm. was an exception. And then it could go to the other child and the other child's trust. So you have to be careful about also about disability. So I don't know. That's another thing you have to talk about is what happens if your beneficiary is disabled. Do you have that in a will or in your trust? Uh, if you haven't done that, we just don't know what people, or, what their situation is going to be at the time. If, you're, if you have a loved one, they could become disabled at the time of your, you know, before you die.
1: Mm-hmm. If your will
2: doesn't cover that, then that could be a problem. So these are types of things that you might have to discuss, and you can see even though you may have done a will five years ago, maybe it's not so current because the laws change all the time. And will the laws change again just because of our, what's going on? You know, quite frankly, in our country today, with that you know, we saw uh, this past week about the gross domestic product has gone down so much because of unemployment, our, our economy has not been doing as well as we'd love it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, so will things change? Will the laws change as a result? We think so? We think so? Which laws? We don't know. So you're going to so maybe maybe now um, and in the future, and even if you do something now, uh, you, you, you might have to redo it again in the future. You might say, well, gee, I'll just wait until then. Well, who's to guarantee that you won't be disabled before now and then, or die before now and then, right. or have capacity before now and then? So. It's probably good to if you take want to take care of your loved ones, you should do things, you know. Quite frankly, to make sure everything's done
1: the way you would like. Uh, you it's um, and effort. it's not it's not just a matter of being good. It's imperative, and the first step in that direction is to attend Michael Neff's workshop, which is going or has been uh, uh, executed online for many many months now, and uh, the next one, which is Saturday, August the fifteenth at 10 a.m. will be no exception. In other words, you never have to leave your house to attend Michael's next workshop. Um, you can enjoy it on your laptop, desktop, even your cell phone um, in the comforts of your own home. That's uh, Saturday morning, August the 15th, if you like. And uh, he's been doing these for many, many years, and they really are the the right and only first step in uh, having your estate plan evaluated or creating one if you don't have one in the first place. And Michael, tell everybody what happens in those workshops, and tell them why it's called a workshop in the first place. Yeah, we
2: call it a workshop and not a seminar because we hope it's interactive. Mm -hmm. We ask people, what do you want to know? It's whatever you want to know. So each workshop is different because every time people have different questions. Mm -hmm. On the one that we had on July uh, July 30th, uh, which was the last one we did, the you know, there was questions on transfer on death deeds. Well, most times they don't ask about transfer on death deeds. A lot of people don't even know what transfer on death deed is. Right. So explain it. And other people wanted to know about Medicaid and, and uh, uh, is there level, is an IRA protected under the Medicaid rules. And, uh, so there could be any number of things, if just, you know, that the people wanted to know about. Uh, one, there was another question about a ladybird, deed,
1: an enhanced
2: life estate deed, similar to the Transfer on death deed, but different. Mm-hmm. There was other questions uh, on other things. It could be anything from what's a will and what's a trust to anything, uh, whether were protections that one desired. There's all sorts of different things. So we ask people what they want to know. That's why we call a workshop and not a seminar because everyone's different. It's interactive. You, you could ask the questions uh, uh, online, uh, or, or if you don't want to be seen, you could do what you could just type in the questions. So it's just, uh, it's very, very, very simple. We give a, um, uh, instructions on how to do things. So it's so simple that all you do is click on a link and you're a participant. And so it's really, don't worry uh, about this if you're not uh, familiar with it in the past. I know these are new times, but we make it very, very simple uh, for you to participate. Um, just like you had said before. As you said, the next workshop is on August the 15th, which is a Saturday. Uh, that's going to be at uh, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Uh, it's going to go for two hours, 10 to, to uh, noon. Uh, all you have to do to be a participant is sign uh, up at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com or call our telephone number at 214. 214- that's 214-720-0102, and uh, we hope that you'll participate. Uh, Like you said, we've been doing a long time, and I think that you'll find it not only educational, it's free, Uh, there's no obligations here. Uh, If you want to have not only uh, to go further, if you want to have a free, what we call, vision meeting, only for those people who go to the workshop, would be able to have a free uh, hour meeting so there's basically three hours of free education to see that your family is uh, taking care of the way you want and under your terms and conditions as you desire without any obligation uh, anyway yeah so that's how it works uh, and then we'll just talk about things uh, on the last workshop we had a somebody that we were talking about powers of attorney and that they that you know most powers of attorney a lot of people have statutory forms, and they think that's okay. Well, on Friday, uh, on uh, July 31st, uh, we had somebody who had to say, I give all powers to my agent. Well, hmm. the person now needs to do a qualified income trust. So for the, the agent, uh, the, the, the person who set up the power of attorney is unfortunately now in a nursing home. Hmm. Well, under the statutory law, there's no authority to create a trust unless you specifically say that in the power of attorney. So the agent using the form that, they, that the um, person who signed, who's now in the nursing home, uh, had signed, went to a bank to establish the account. The bank said, sorry, you can't do that uh, because there's no authority in the document to give us the ability, even though it says all powers, under Texas law, you have there are certain things that you have to specifically state. So, at the workshop uh, that had been before that, I had told uh, one of the things I happened to mention was that there are certain things that you have to do or say that are in addition to the statutory form. You have the agent to have the authority, and sure enough, the next day, even though it's not that person that was at the workshop, it just so happened to be somebody else. It was a very it was an example of. Uh, Uh, what I was talking about, without the authority to create trust, there is no authority. You have to say it in the document. So there are certain hot powers that the uh, statute says that you could do, but you have to specifically name that in, Mm -hmm. in your power of attorney. So you need to talk about the power of attorney. Has it been reviewed? You know, we just mentioned a labor deed. Is there authority to create that? Is there authority to create trust? Is there ability to do transfer planning? There's a lot of different things. Do you have adequate long-term care insurance? Is your income enough to pay for care should you need it at a later date? These are some of the things that the that should be discussed, uh, not only what happens when you die, but, uh, but also if you should become disabled, the longer we live, the more likelihood of disability. So it's not just uh, death, it's also disability. But, however, you should talk about the death, too, because that gets into the question about uh, living wills, living will, or a directive to position. You know, I had somebody said, you know, I'm 70 years old, and just because uh, somebody says that I'm old, I don't want them to not use measures to keep me alive if I get COVID 19. And I want to have some specific directions in my living will uh, regarding that. And, uh, you know, so, you know, it could be any number of things. It could be that. Uh, you know, one of the other things you might be talking about is do you have pre-need funeral uh, plans or something like that? Have you taken care of your funeral arrangements? Besides, you know, do I want artificial hydration uh, or nutrition, you know, food and water? My condition is terminal. Or if I have an irritable, if you're comatose or if you're, you know, at the end of life, do you want to be die as gently as possible? So you should say those different things. Uh, you could have that in your living will. Besides that, even if you don't die, you should have a medical power of attorney, a medical power of attorney. And probably it should be use Texas language, although it's because a lot of doctors are familiar with that and not with those from other states. Uh, Also, in that medical power of attorney or separately, uh, if not both, we prefer both. You ought to have uh, language regarding the privacy laws, the HIPAA laws, Uh, you know. If you had an old medical power of attorney or if you just had some sort of statutory form, it may not give the ability to deal with medical records, the privacy laws. So you certainly want to have something that your loved ones could have access to your medical records, especially if there's, um, unfortunately, a screw-up or something like that. So. Uh, so that's something that else that you should talk about. So that, I guess that would be probably about number five or so. I'm not really been counting here. Uh,
1: excellent, Michael. We have about one minute left. Uh, how about those final tips for communicating with um, well your family?
2: Yeah, you should ask about all insurance policies, health, life, home, long-term care, disability. You should ask for copies of tax returns. You might need that information. You should discuss all practical things about all accounts, financial accounts, bank accounts, mutual funds, credit cards, uh, credit accounts, uh, store accounts, whatever it may be. Uh, see if there are organ donors. Uh, see if the funeral arrangements have been made. There's lots of different things that should be discussed, um, and you know the list goes on. But you know, since we have limited time, I don't really have that much you know more to say at this point. But you can see that those are eight different tips on some things that should be done that anybody should do, either with their elderly parent or the elderly parent should maybe discuss with their children as to what their situation may be, so that there is that line enough communication, like you said, Don, at the very beginning, so that makes things, things go as seamlessly as possible if you're either disabled or if you should pass, uh, so that things are done the way you would like to make it as easy as possible
1: for your family. Outstanding information, Mike. Uh, sign up for his next workshop, which is Saturday august the 15th at 10 o'clock in the morning dial 214-720-0102 214-720-0102 to sign up for his online virtual workshop you never have to leave your house or go to dallas, dallas elder lawyer.com dallas elder lawyer michael cohen thank you sir thank you doc